0: It's been easy for the Fed to decide what to do, whether to raise the rates or not, because all they were really doing was fighting inflation. The other problems were not a problem. Well, now they got problems with all three. So if inflation is no longer the hardest thing to fight, you might see them cut rates. Certainly, they have to pause first before they cut. December 13th is put-up-or-shut-up time. Get ready for a new episode of KP Talks Dollars and Sense learn financial literacy, and get real-time updates on all things housing, finance, and real estate. So let's get started. Here's your host, Kevin Perennio. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Newport Beach. We'll do a little walk and talk here down in the back bay. It is 10 p.m. on a Monday, and we are in the midst of a soft landing. This is the soft landing. But before I get into that and talk about why that's problematic for our industry, Um, I want to give a big shout out to Salesforce. Uh, We are um, users of Salesforce and they're a great vendor partner. Been with them. Gosh, I think our company's been with them since January of 17, I think is when um, we uh, got the contract together and they put on a great event sponsoring um, the Orange County chapter for ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease. And it's a very brutal disease. Um, As everyone knows, it's a neurodegenerative disease that has a three to five year life expectancy. And um, I want to thank Kelly Sirocco and the rest of the team there putting on that event today, um, raised $15,000 for a local chapter. And um, I know some of you out here have faced that battle in your family. I know it's tough. Um, Jeff, I know your dad's two years into his diagnosis, friend Sean, his grandmother. And then we had a commercial real estate broker uh, named Bo in Austin, Texas at CB Richard Ellis, passed from it He's to help us find our um, first magnus offices around uh, around town so tough disease I know very similar to Parkinson's which my dad faced for 22 years um, slower burn with Parkinson's and very similar um, caretaking at the end so uh, thanks again to Salesforce so um, okay so CPI is coming out tomorrow the consumer price index is coming out in the morning and PPI comes out the next day and um, you know the Fed's fighting inflation and I was asked today uh, by Shelley, um what's going to happen next year and it's interesting because you know I could say the Fed is going to raise one more and um, they've been very you know consistent in their message the last dot plot said they're going to go up one more and there's one more meeting on December 13th and I don't see any reason to think they're not going to go up because they've been doing everything they said and so this is why i'm saying this because there's some data there for everyone right that's why it it's a soft landing it's like you could say well you know inflation's been coming down you know we were like eight percent you know two years ago and um you know or a year ago and now excuse me a year ago and then you know our last cpi reading consumer price index reading was showing um what four uh seven percent i believe was the was the core reading. So like I may be wrong on that number um um, estimate tomorrow's like 3.3% or 3.4%, which is coming down. And you could say it's coming down. So, Hey, the fed's doing their job. We don't have to raise anymore. But then someone could say, well, they said they're going to 2% and that's not 2%. And if the core reading, um, I believe was 4.1%. And if it holds at 4.1% again, then that would be a time where, um, It's like six CPI prints in a row where the number's been coming down on core CPI, but then it stayed steady. So I mean, it's sticky. So someone could say, hey, we're not near two. And so we got to raise some more and break something else to break demand and get inflation down. So something for everybody out there. And um, that's kind of what a soft landing is about. I mean, let's talk about some other data points. We've been talking about a recession for two years. Credit card debt's high. Savings are getting blown through. Labor is softening. Last jobs report was pretty weak, right? Soft labor. But labor's not broken. We're not a job loss recession. We don't have, you know, we have high continuing claims at 1.8 million, but only 217,000 new claims per week. We have a 3.8% pretty healthy unemployment rate right now. So it's not great. So it could go either way, right? So labor hasn't broken. Commercial real estate hasn't broken. By the way, survive till 25 is is from commercial real estate. Okay, so a lot of people have been hearing me say this all year, how I think it's dumb. Yes, it rhymes. Um, and I was at the Mortgage Banker Association uh, National Convention. A lot of people were saying it in Philadelphia. That's nothing to do with our business. That has to do with $1.4 trillion of commercial real estate loans coming due in 2024 that I'll have to refinance at a higher rate. Those are the guys that have to survive. We've been getting crushed in housing. It has been a recession in housing. Um, and because it was a soft landing, housing's been getting crushed. Let me, let me explain. We have some people here who work, you know, on the vendor side and then, you know, down with all the cycles that we go through. Housing is great in a recession. Rates go down and then there's a lot of refinance activity and more purchase demand because rates are lower. And so our recession started a year and a half to two years ago. Let's let's call it a year and a half ago. So we're gonna be going through it for about two years by the time the Fed cuts the rates next year, sometime between March and July. And so that That is a housing recession. So soft landing just prolongs this brutal time that we've been deleveraging all this capacity in our, in our housing system. So when recession starts and the Fed cuts the rates, whenever that is, that's actually really good for our business. And our recession is over, even though other parts of the economy would be in a recession, like a job loss recession. So um, this is the soft landing. This is what it looks like, um, whether you like it or not. Um, Here's the back bay back here. I'm going to make my way back since I'm about five and a half minutes in. So the CPI print tomorrow is mostly housing data. Um, The Fed prefers the PCE, the personal consumption expenditure, which is real-time expenditures. Um, And it got a little less weighting on housing, whereas the CPI is very heavily housing weighted, anywhere from 38 to 41%, just depending on when, um, you know, depending on the weighting. Owners equivalent rent. Housing and it's 12-month lagging data too, so um, it'd be interesting to see if core stays the same at 4.1 while headline goes down, how the markets will react. Remember, our 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 third mandate of the Fed not just price stability in, and and uh, maximum employment, full employment, but also um, you know moderate long-term interest rates like the 30-year Treasury, the long bond, and they've been going up. That's a problem. And that's a problem because over the next 36 months, listen to this $17.5 trillion of our federal debt, or $33 trillion, okay? More than half, um, will have notes coming due at higher interest rates. We can't afford it. Bloomberg just put out a report last week. It said for the next 12 months, our interest on our debt is a trillion dollars, a trillion dollars just in interest payments. Um, about $7 trillion of our $33 trillion debt uh, is owned by foreign debt. Japan owning the most at $1.1 trillion. Uh, China, which has been uh, shrinking the balance sheet since 2010, of their U.S. treasuries $868 billion. And we are paying a lot of interest payments. Now, the U.S. taxpayer owns the most debt, right? Whether it's through pension funds or um, Social Security. So we own the most of it. Um, but it's unsustainable, and everyone knows it that's why it wasn't just the last fed meeting and the jobs report but when treasury secretary janet yellen came in lower on new treasury issuance for this quarter she announced at the end of october remember we had a trillion dollars in new issuance last quarter the estimate for this quarter was going to be like 830 billion and it'd be like 780 billion so it was lower and that's part of why the yields on the 10-year have come down to like a little bit lower of a range not bumping up against five percent but kind of bumping around 4.75, you know, down to 4.45. Um, so so we still have a lot of debt. And so with all this new issuance coming out and old debt rolling over, one thing that might crack our banks because they own, these institutions own a lot of our debt and these interest payments are crushing. So when the Fed finally does cut, they're probably going to cut pretty heavy, anywhere from 50 to 100 basis points on the first cut. Just to get the interest payment down, we have to float our balance sheet. We cannot be a debtor, broke ass nation. So, um, interesting to watch the CPI come out tomorrow and all the that comes out with it. Um, hopefully, uh, gosh, someone said to me today. Just talk about housing real quick. Um, it felt like Thanksgiving already started. Got a little slow today, and this is seasonally the slow time. So, you know, I don't think survive the twenty five is appropriate in our business. But winter is coming. The next few months are slow. And it might be slower because, you know, labor is breaking. Um, in some housing news, the Federal, um, let's see, Oversight Committee, federal um, Financial Stability Oversight Committee, FSOC, which is created by Dodd-Frank, which reports the Treasury Department, the executive branch, um, is naming independent mortgage bankers, um, financial, like SIFIs, uh, um, significantly important financial institutions. So I'm going to start with servicers, but they're in a long line of, of uh, independent mortgage companies and other companies out there um, that the FSOC is going to be looking at to make sure that we're financially stable. Um, it's not it's, its not too big of a deal, but our industry is being looked at, banks are being looked at, institutions, uh, institutions are being looked at. Debt's a big deal. Let's pray for a low CPI number tomorrow and keep grinding away. Cheers. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Well, the soft landing is coming to an end. How hard will it get? That's the question. We've been talking about a recession for two years. I talked about this a little bit on my video Monday night. But again, we've been talking about a recession for two years and it didn't come. It didn't come when everyone thought it was going to come. And the reason why is because we had a soft landing. There's a lot of money in the system. There's a... Ton of cash floating around from years of zero fed fund policy. Uh, you've got CARES Act money. Uh, you've got people that locked in super low, historically low rates to have fixed housing payments, which, as we know, is one of the biggest components in CPI inflation. And you had people with record savings. You know, you got some stimmy checks that came out. And we've been talking about credit card debt building. We've been talking about savings going away. We've been talking about higher interest rates. We've been talking about everything's more expensive. We've got core, we got super core, we got inflation, we got food, we got energy, we got all kinds of stuff. The soft landing is coming to an end. And um, for those that know, I I don't watch a lot of TV, but I came out of retirement when season seven of Game of Thrones came on, and I uh, every winter I say winter is coming. Well, I got some more advice. We all know winter is coming. We know winter is tough in our business, and uh, seasonally it's uh, it's a tough month you got January and February not the greatest but you start to thaw out. Let's go one more piece of advice. Instead of just saying winter is coming, what is the advice? Well, remember, the lone wolf dies and the pack survives. Now is a time to band together and everything that you've built upon is going to get you through the winter and then come out the other side kicking ass in 2024. Don't believe me? Well, let's talk about it. If you go into a recession, interest rates Typically, come down. The Fed is forced to cut rates. Why is the Fed forced to cut rates? Because things are softening. I want to talk about a couple things and the cumulative effect of how everything builds on each other. I was watching uh, the folks at NBS Highway on one of their podcasts this week, and um, they were recapping the Consumer Price Index report that came out, and they were talking about you know after it came out on Tuesday morning. That yes, inflation is coming down. The rate of inflation is slowing, but it's still going up and it's been going up for years. And so we are talking about inflation slowing. And so be careful. You know, Barry brought up a really good point. Be sensitive to people out there when you're talking. Hey, good news. Inflation's coming down. Well, the rate of inflation going up is slowing. That's what I call less bad news, but it's still inflation. And of course, wage inflation has been going up, but that's slowing. So if wages have been going up over the years to help you keep up with rising prices, you may not feel as bad. But now job losses are happening on top of inflation that's been cumulative on top of each other every month, month over month. Yes, CPI was a fantastic print, and it's a precursor of what's to come. Remember, the Fed has had this mandate, right? They have, a, they have a three-part mandate, okay? We talk about the dual mandate, but it's really a three-part mandate. They always talk about price stability, which means control inflation. Full employment, which means have unemployment as low as possible um, and try and keep you know the economy full of jobs. And then, of course, uh, moderate long-term interest rates is the third part. Well, those rates are going up. Employment's getting worse and inflation is coming down. It's been easy for the Fed to decide what to do, whether to raise the rates or not, because all they were really doing was fighting inflation. The other problems were not a problem. Well, now they got problems with all three. So if inflation is no longer the hardest thing to fight, you might see them cut rates. Certainly they have to pause first before they cut. December 13th is put up or shut up time. Cumulative effect of all the rate hikes, we're at what? 525 to 550? All the rate hikes that they've done. Remember, we've talked about what a Fed pivot looks like. Traditionally, a pivot means they're cutting, but it's kind of been redefined over the years, as are a lot of things in our market. Uh, A Fed pivot is three steps. Number one, uh, smaller hikes. So now we're down to just quarters, although recently we're down to zeros, and then a complete stop, and then a cut. So Every other Fed meeting, they put out what's called the dot plot, where the Fed says, this is our terminal rate. This is where we're going to stop. They didn't have to do that two weeks ago. They did the last meeting in September, where they said they're going to do another quarter and get up above the 5.5 rate, get to about 5.6. Not all the Fed uh, members, voting members, were unanimous. Why? Because not all of them know that inflation is the only fight to fight. You've got unemployment to fight, and it's starting to crack. I'm going to get into that in a second, and I'm going to talk about the SOM rule, which is very important. But on December 13th, the cumulative effect of all of these rate hikes are continued to constrict, demand, and hurt our economy. And we're seeing it show up. We know everything that's rate sensitive. Mortgages, car loans, credit card loans, everything. Small business loans, small businesses which make up the bulk of job creation in America everything is getting constricted from this cumulative effect. So, on December 13th, the Fed is going to have to say on a dot plot where they think the terminal rate is at. And that will have been the third meeting. Whether they add 25 basis points or not, which a lot of people are spiking down the football and saying they're done and the next move's a cut. Maybe. They've been pretty steadfast in saying and doing everything they said. Inflation is still at 4%. PCE, which doesn't come out until the thirtieth of this month, the uh, personal consumption expenditure is at three point seven percent. Is that two percent? Are they really going to get to two percent? They say they're going to get to two percent. We're not at two percent. Yes, the rate is slowing, but it's still cumulative on top of the past uh, data points. And so whether you slice it down the core, which if you strip out food and energy, you know you got a three handle, some kind of you know three percent number on that. Uh, there's super core where you take out housing. Food and energy, you're at 3.7%. I even saw one in the CPI that only takes out housing. And that put us at 1.5%, obviously below the 2%. But we know that the data has a lag effect, right? Rent, um, owners equivalent rent. These kinds of data points have been lagging in the CPI. And so um, we know that new asking rents For new rentals, new contracts for rentals are less than existing rents for leases that were signed in the last 12 months. Think 12 months ago, way more expensive than today. Well, those 12 months ago numbers are still showing up in our inflation data. Lag effect. The guys at NBS Highway did a good job of breaking down the lag effect. I think they said something. I wrote it down here. Uh, Deanne was going over the numbers. Um, Highway, it says shelter is 44% of CPI in this last report. 4%. 1% of that is lag effect. 2.3% is real. Saw some other data from Zillow. You talk about the difference between asking rents and actual rents. 18 months ago, Zillow said asking rents has peaked and we know that's been coming down. Do you know that construction of rentals is the highest it's been in in this country since the 70s? Rent competes with mortgages and we're going into the winter. There is a cumulative effect of building and opening more doors. It means rent gets cheaper. It means shelter inflation comes down. So on December 13th, will those cumulative effects show up? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they do that other quarter anyway. I don't really know. But what I do think is as of December 13th, they're going to show on that dot plot, whether they raise a quarter or they do nothing else, they're going to say what the terminal rate is at. And I bet it'll be whatever it is at the end of that meeting. And that is certainty. And the market will crave for that. By the way, we're importing deflation from China. We're importing cheap port price. They've got tons of supply and reserves in oil, and we're importing energy from them. Oil's like $74 a barrel. So between now and February, we start to see oil go up here a little bit because of winter. Maybe we have a mild winter like we did last year, like Europe did last year. Remember all the fear about Ukraine war and Russia and the gas? It was unfounded. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt always goes away when there's certainty and there's data. Um, speaking of stripping things down to absolute super, super core, I thought it was cool to talk about, um, Thanksgiving real quick. So the Farm Bureau Federation puts out an inflation gauge, the cost to make a Thanksgiving meal, 16 pounds of turkey, 30 ounces of pumpkin pie, gallon of milk, dinner rolls. There's a whole thing. This is an actual index. So although the cost of these things is like $61 versus $64 from last year because of wage inflation and and the fact that wages are up, you actually have to work less hours this year. 1.75 hours, one hour and 45 minutes versus over two hours. That's progress. Have a great weekend. Cheers. Go Rangers. You've been listening to KP Talks Dollars and Cents, a top-rated show for those who want to learn about the economy and mortgage environment. Tune in each week for more episodes, and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Kevin Perenio does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through KP Talks Dollars and Cents. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more info, follow KP Talks Dollars and Cents on all of our social channels.